Today on the Matt Wall Show, President Trump says that Baltimore is a dump. Uh, rhyme not intended there. His observation, of course, is factually correct, but is it racist to make that observation? Democrats say so. We'll talk about that today. Also, a mother complains about childless millennials ruining Disney World. Should grown-ups without kids be banned from theme parks? We will tackle that important question today on the Matt Wall Show. Well, this just changed the whole game, folks. I think this this changes everything. Kamala Harris this past weekend announced a plan that will reshape our economy and really reshape the world, I think. Uh, here's what she said. Um, uh, I'll establish a student loan debt forgiveness plan for Pell Grant recipients who start a business that operates for three years in disadvantaged communities. Okay, did you get that? You have to be a Pell Grant recipient. You have to start a business. The business has to be in a disadvantaged community and you have to have the business for three years. Um, that is the most weirdly specific plan that I think I've I've heard. And the great thing is she unveiled it like it would be this huge deal. And meanwhile, it'll probably help three people, which is good as far as I'm concerned, because that means it'll be cheap. Um, and it actually inspired me to come up with my own proposal. And so here's what I'm thinking. When I am president, I pledge that I will offer loans to diabetic Hawaiian amputees who lost a limb in mining accidents between September of 1998 and January of 2003, and who planned to open a business in a town with 17% spruce trees and a guy named Lenny sitting on a park bench trying to feed beef jerky to squirrels. Th that is a group of people that has been for too long ignored by our government, and I plan to change that. So I, actually, in all seriousness, Kamala Harris's loan plan uh, or loan forgiveness plan is probably a hundred times more reasonable than what other Democrats have offered. So um, I guess I should be in support of it, but instead I decided to be a sarcastic jerk about it because uh, that's just who I am. That's my identity. Okay, don't discriminate against me. Now, all right, let's we're going to spin the wheel today and 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 find out why Donald Trump is a racist this week. It's always something new, and um, so we spin the wheel, and it goes around, and we find out that he's a racist the week, this week because he insulted the city of Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore, which which apparently is a race now. You are, you, it, because if you insult Baltimore, you're insulting, you're racist, which means, I guess, that there's a race, the Baltimore race of people. I'm from the Baltimore area myself, so I guess I'm, that's my race, Baltimore. I could put that down if I'm filling out a, you know, an application or something. I can put out, where it says race, I'll put down Baltimore. Um, so we'll talk about this in more detail uh, today, and we'll get into it in just a moment. But first, you know, school is coming back. Just because school is coming back doesn't mean that breakouts have to come back also. Parents, wouldn't it be great if you could, if your kids could be clear skin confident when they go to school this year? Because as a parent, we know that it, it's, it's tough when you send your kids to school and they're not confident, especially socially, about the way things are going to go at school um, and having acne as a teenager, is a, it's not a small thing. It's a struggle for a lot of kids, and it's a major cause of anxiety, which makes sense because it's something that affects your appearance. So it's that's especially for anybody, not just kids, that's going to be tough to deal with. Well, that's where Proactive comes in. With America's number one acne brand, Proactive has helped fight acne for almost 25 years, and now with their next-generation acne treatment system, Proactive MD, uh, you can have your kids go back to school feeling their best. Proactive MD includes a prescription-strength retinoid that uh, goes deep into the pores to help prevent acne. Um, 
it's it's safe, it's effective, and there's this three-step system that will get your teen ready for the school year. First step, deep cleansing face wash, and then the um, daily oil control with SPF 30, and then the Adipaline gel. Right now, for our listeners, we have a back-to-school offer from Proactive that you can't get anywhere else. Okay, so listen to this because there's a lot happening, a lot packed in here. With your Proactive MD order, you will also receive for free Proactive's on-the-go bag, which features their T-Zone, their T-Zone oil absorber, the body acne wipes, and green tea moisturizer. That's close to a $100 value, plus free shipping with a 60-day money-back guarantee. So if you want all of that, here's what you have to do. Go to proactive.com slash Walsh, and you get this special offer. Again, that's proactive.com slash Walsh to order and make your kid's first day of school their best day ever. It is possible, but you got to go to proactive.com slash slash Walsh. All right. Um, so controversy of the day is uh, Baltimore. We're going to talk about that. Why not? Well, well, let's talk about Baltimore for a few days. Okay. Um, now, this is a subject that is that is uh, near and dear to, to my heart because, as I think some of you know, I grew up in the Baltimore area, lived there for you know, 25 years or so, not in the city, uh, in, in the area, in the county, I wouldn't, I wouldn't live in the city uh, for reasons that I will now flesh out. But um, even living in the county, I've, I've been into the city hundreds of times in my life. And, uh, and I think significantly hundreds of times over the course of about three decades. So I've seen firsthand, um, as anyone in the area has seen, the uh, the progression or degression, I think in this case, of Baltimore, um, and I've uh, I've been through pretty much every part of the city at one time or another, and I say all of that just to establish that I am actually familiar with the city, unlike a lot of the people who have been talking about it the past few days, um, and of course, we've been talking about it because of the tweets that Trump sent out over the weekend. Um, he sent a bunch of tweets about Baltimore, tweets targeted at Elijah Cummings, who represents the 7th District, which uh, encompasses uh, a, ch- a big chunk of Baltimore, I think about half of the city, and then Howard County as well. Um, what did Trump say? Well, I'm not going to read the, all the tweets. He sent several of them. I think you've probably seen them, or you can look for yourself if you haven't. But um, he said that the city is rat-infested, which it is. He said that it's dangerous, which it is. Um, he's you know, said that it's a, it's a, it's essentially in, in shambles, which it is. Um, that wasn't his exact word. I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. And he said that, uh, and these were his exact words. He said, no human would want to live there, which his general point about Baltimore is correct. Um, that part is not exactly correct. There are people who want to live there. Now, I think a lot of the people who do live there live there because they were born there and would probably prefer if they weren't, but they were. Um, there are though people who do move into the city. I have friends who moved into the city um, into the, the nicer parts of the city. But the problem is that, that the nicer parts are shrinking while the more dangerous parts expand and sort of bleed into the county um, to the point now where the place where I grew up, which was you know 20 minutes outside of the city, 30 minutes outside of the city, is now um, is you know now you see more drugs and more crime even there. So that's the effect that it has. So uh, Trump is is substantially right about what he said. Uh, there's no question about it. Baltimore's a mess. And there's also no question that it's been under Democrat leadership for decades, which 
is significant. That's not just a coincidence. That's the point. That we don't need to speak theoretically, right, about um, about Democrat policies and Democrat ideology, and the, you know, does it work? Does it not work? We don't need to. Sometimes we speak about these things as if we're speaking theoretically or abstractly, when we don't need to. We can we can see how we can see whether they work or not. There are there are not just Baltimore. There are many cities in this country that have been under Democrat rule and have been run according to Democrat views and, and philosophies for decades. All we have to do is go look and see if it's working out. And what you're going to find out in every case is no, it's not really. The only question is, to what degree of a disaster is it? Um, in a in a you know in 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 Baltimore, it's a it's a full on disaster. So, um, but what we've seen over the past few days now, interestingly are leftists valiantly defending Baltimore, claiming that it's not so bad, it's a, it's a nice city. Um, if Now, keep in mind, if you go online and you see a leftist, or if you, if you, if you, look on, if you turn on the TV and you see leftists on the media uh, defending Baltimore, talking about what a nice city it is, all of those people, if you had talked to them privately um, or even not privately, any time up until this weekend about Baltimore, and you had said, "Oh man, that's a that's a rough city, that Baltimore." You know, that's that's not a city I'd want to live in. All of them would agree. They'd say, "Oh yeah, Baltimore." Sure. Have you seen the Wire? <laughs> no, no thanks. But now they're all pretending. They're all pretending that uh, they love the city and it's 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 like a second home to them. Hashtag We Are Baltimore was trending this weekend with again a bunch of people who don't live in the city have some many of them probably never even been to it, who are now coming to its defense. Which, as someone who's, who's, who's lived in the area for so long, that it's been interesting to see. Because um, up until now, if, if Baltimore was ever talked about on a, on a national level, it was almost always in a negative light. But, but for the most part, it, it really isn't talked about. Baltimore is kind of an ignored city, even though it's historically significant and it's been around for a long time. Um, but it's always been this city that everyone ignores. And now all of a sudden, everyone's pretending that, uh, that you know, they love Baltimore and they just love going there and everything else. It's all, it's all quite stupid. Um, and I say that as someone who is not generally a fan of Trump's tweeting, which I've, I've been open about. I'm not a fan of Trump randomly deciding what he cares about for the day uh, based on Fox and Friends segments, which I can pretty much guarantee you, I haven't checked, but I'm 98% sure that if you went and checked either on a Thursday or Friday, Fox and Friends did a segment about Baltimore and, uh, or they met one of their guests mentioned it or something. And then that's, and that's when Trump started tweeting about it. Um, which, because that's most of his tweets, you will match up with a Fox and Friends segment. That's where he gets most of his content from, which kind of, uh, I think debunks this whole idea that Trump is this genius guy doing 3D chess um, and th- that there's some plan behind his tweeting. Um, we know that's not the case because he gets it all from Fox and Friends. He just he talks about whatever they talk about. So if there's any genius chess master pulling the strings, it's not Trump. It's it's Fox. They're the ones because they decide what he talks about. Um, and, you know, I'm not... I'm not a, a fan of that. 
Uh, I don't really think, and I know this apparently puts me in, I guess, a minority among, at least among, you know, hardcore conservatives. But I don't really think uh, that the president's main job is to just run his mouth on Twitter. I, I think that, you know, in fact, he should be doing almost none of that and instead governing. That's my opinion. That's just, that's the way I look at it. But um, all the same, he is right about what he said. Baltimore is indeed in shambles. And by the way, another aside here, um, Baltimore, it is Baltimore. It's not Baltimore. So if you do, if you are a liberal and you're trying to pretend today that you love Baltimore uh, and that, you know, it's a second home to you and you, you go there all the time, then if you say Baltimore or Baltimore, it's going to make it clear that you don't know anything about the city. It's Baltimore, B-A-W-D-I-M-O-R-E. Now, if you really, if you want to get really serious, you could say Balmer, B-A-W-M-E-R. And if you really want to sound like a local, it's Balmer Merlin. Okay. So it's not Maryland or Maryland, M-E-R-L-I-N, Balmer Merlin. Um, but that's, you know, that's, that's, as I said, that's one step up. I just start with Baltimore and then you'll say, you'll sound more authentic. Um, so with liberals rushing to to the defense of Baltimore, of Balmer, uh, I've seen a lot of tweets like this one here um, with the, you know, hashtag we are Baltimore. And then a nice little photo there. You see the photo. Well, that's a photo of the aquarium at the Inner Harbor. And yeah, Baltimore does have a very nice aquarium. There's no question about it. In fact, I would recommend it if you ever do go to Baltimore um, or if you live anywhere around and you want to. I think it's the best aquarium, it's certainly in the in the country. I think probably one of the best in the world. Not just my opinion. I think that's how it's ranked. It's a very nice aquarium. That's all I'm saying. We also have a nice zoo, too, uh, I think. A very nice zoo. But the aquarium does not represent the city. And, in fact, what that nice little picture posted by someone who's probably been to the city twice, doesn't show is that even in the Inner Harbor, which is one of the safest and certainly the most touristy place in the city, there's a significant amount of crime, even there. So if you really want to cherry pick, if you're if you're trying to pretend that what Trump said about Baltimore isn't true and say, well, that's not true. Look at the Inner Harbor. Yeah, even there. Now, of course, that's most of the city is not that. But even there, you've got big problems. Just a few years ago, um, stuff like this started happening. Watch this. Laying in a hospital bed with no sight out of his one eye. It's a horrifying ordeal. Trishel May says no mother should ever have to endure. I am disgusted and, and I'm upset because my son got hurt. May's son is just the latest victim of yet another attack at the Inner Harbor, a story she's only sharing with WJZ. Ten days ago, a Saturday night out for the 18-year-old and friends turned to bloodshed when they were bombarded by a group of teens. May's not the only one who's outraged and disgusted. On Monday, WJZ first told you about a family from New Jersey who was attacked by a group of teens at the Inner Harbor on the same night. It's what's become a disturbing trend downtown. Last year, a man was jumped on his way home from work by a group of teens, and before that, city councilwoman Ricky Spector was attacked by a group of juveniles. While the entire city tries to get a hold on the random attacks, these victims say it's the last time they'll visit the heart of Baltimore. And again, that's the harbor. That's one of the safest, most family-friendly parts of the whole city. Um, and you have that. Now, as I said, that was a couple of years ago. So you might say, well, the one-off event. Uh, not really. Let me show you. Let me, let me play a different clip for you, um, local news clip. And this is about 
something that happened in the Inner Harbor just a few months ago. Watch this. Six people were arrested in the Inner Harbor Saturday night after police say fights broke out among a crowd of teens. WJZ is live at the Inner Harbor. Kelsey Kushner with reaction from witnesses and what the mayor is saying tonight. Kelsey. Well, Vic, witnesses say it was complete chaos here. Hundreds of people were seen running around. Fights were breaking out in that crowd of people. City officials say the mayhem needs to stop. It was chaos at the Inner Harbor Saturday night. Cell phone video shows crowds of people running away. Others witnessed the mayhem from the ground. Just children of all ages running amok, and then they would just start hitting people. They would try to split in different directions to get away from the cops. And it was just a, a massive rush of kids. I thought it was like a parade or something. Baltimore City Police tell WJZ they received calls around 6.30 p.m. of a large crowd of juveniles at the Inner Harbor near the corner of Light Street and East Pratt Street. A short time later, they received reports of teens fighting and called additional officers downtown to assist. Police say no major injuries were reported and six people were arrested. City leaders calling it a violent turn during a holiday weekend. Random assaults and, and, and fights and everything uh, are pretty common in Baltimore, even in broad daylight. Now let's look at, uh, here's security camera footage of uh, another random assault, a pretty a brutal one that happened to a city employee in broad daylight um, just down the street from the harbor. So this is, this is not like this guy was walking through West Baltimore at 2 o'clock in the morning. This is broad daylight, supposedly safe part of the city, and uh, here's what happened to him. And then um, going back a couple of years, here's something that happened. Uh, this was a guy walking back. I believe he was walking back from the, from power plant, which once again, uh, near the Harbor, it's a touristy spot. As far as the, the bar scene, that's kind of the most touristy sort of bar scene you can go to. Like if you, if you don't know anything about the city and you're out, you're, you're not from around there, you know, you'll, you'll end up at power plant, uh, rather than Canton or, or Fed Hill or something. Um, so this guy was walking back from power plant and uh, here's here's what ended up happening to him. It's two o'clock in the morning in downtown Baltimore, the day after St. Patrick's Day. Parties are winding down. Watch what happens to the guy in the green shirt. Police say he has been drinking, and he appears a little dazed. <laughs> a rowdy crowd gathers. Women start dancing around him suggestively, people messing with him. Then someone notices his watch. You see someone grabs something from his pocket. He goes to get it back. But it doesn't stop there. This is a second view. Someone else is also recording the incident. The man who has been identified as a 31-year-old Arlington, Virginia resident is kicked and punched and then stripped of his clothes. And the bystanders do nothing but laugh. Interestingly enough there, um, as you notice, that was a white man who was beaten, robbed, and stripped naked by a group of black people. Uh, those people, they, they were apprehended. They were not charged with hate crimes. Now, of course, it goes without saying, just imagine the reverse. Imagine reversing the races in this altercation. Um, and let's say that it was a, a black man being beaten, robbed, and stripped naked on camera by a bunch of white people, you can absolutely guarantee that these would be federal hate crime charges, but not with the, the races going the other way. Um, and so this is, this is 
not uncommon. Um, it's one of the reasons why, like, from you know, I, I've taken my kids down to the harbor because we know the area pretty well. We 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 know even around there which parts to avoid. But um, I wouldn't generally recommend if you don't know the area. I wouldn't recommend taking your kids down to the harbor, even though it's a, a, supposed to be a place for that where you can bring your family because of of things like that. But if that's what it what happens in the supposedly safer parts of town, even in broad daylight. Now the the assault, the one I just played, that assault wasn't in broad daylight, but the other ones were. Um, if that's what happens in broad daylight in safer parts of town, what does it look like in the not so safe places? Well, or here's a, a video from uh, someone, Kimberly Claychick. I think I pronounced the last name correctly. She's a resident of Baltimore, and uh, here's a quick video of her showing us what the um, not so pristine parts of the city look like. two to three months to bring me a trash can like that. And, and, and the reason why I picked this already to show you is because of the colleges, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And they spent all that money on the college and just left everything around it <laughs> just like this. Look up in there. But do people live in, I mean, live in the college area? Oh, I don't know. All these houses are like this. You can tell oh my God. Like That's home. why I say, tell you, I know the best neighborhood. All of this stuff is like this. Trump said rat infested. Uh, that that's I mean that's the least of your problems there. Uh, certainly you have a lot of rats in a place like that, but uh, that, that's that's understating it. That really does look like a third world country. It looks like the kind of place that you don't expect to exist in America in a, in a, in a modern civilized country. But that's what it looks like. And it's not just that one little block. Um, here's, um, let me show you. This is the kind of scenery that you could enjoy if you uh, take the Amtrak out of Baltimore or through Baltimore. Uh, here's the kind, look at this. Here's the kind of stuff you're going to see. I mean, this, this is just, this is normal. This is, this is what Baltimore looks like. Um, and it is as bad as it looks, okay? You, you can judge a book by its cover. When it comes to this city, the murder rate in Baltimore is famously sky high. I mean, Baltimore's known for that. It's like that's a problem when the when, when you talk to anybody, you say Baltimore, the first thing they're going to think of is murder. That's and it's not just because of the wire; it's because the murder rate is ridiculously high. Um, three hundred plus a year is what we're at now. Uh, I think there was three hundred and thirty or something murders last year. Um, you know, it's bad enough that in Baltimore, if you get the murder rate down to 250 or 200, that's cause for celebration. That's wow. You know, it's like a five year low and people are excited about it. You have to have a parade down the street because of it. Um, the actual murder rate itself is around 50. So that's 50 per 100,000 people, which is really, really high. More people have been killed in Baltimore since the turn of the century than have U.S. troops been killed in Afghanistan. Okay, let me repeat that just so you. The casualty count in Baltimore is higher than it is in Afghanistan, at least as far as U.S. citizens are concerned. Someone told me, I was talking about this on Twitter, someone said, um, oh, you're exaggerating. Uh, it's not like Baltimore is a war zone. And I said to her, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's worse than a war zone. As far as the casualty count goes, it's worse. Um, there were about 12,000 Violent crimes reported in the city last year for a rate of um, 2,000 per 100,000 people. So what that means is that for every 100,000 people in the city, 
you're going to have about 2,000 murders, rapes, assaults, and robberies. That, again, is extremely high. That's over 400% higher than the national average. And um, this is to say nothing of the schools in Baltimore, which are among the worst in the country. There was a report done recently, a couple of years ago, that found that a third of the, of the schools in the city, a third of the schools in the city have a 0% proficiency in math. Okay, so for a third of the schools, 0% of the students are proficient in math. None are proficient. Proficient just means at grade level, you know, just accept, they have, they have an acceptable um, ability and knowledge when it comes to mathematics. 0% fall into that category in a third of the schools. What other indicator can you look at? You know, we looked at crime, we've looked at the schools, uh, economic, well, the poverty rate in Baltimore is 23%. That's more than twice the overall average in Maryland. That's eight point higher than, higher than the national average. Um, and you could go on from there. You could look at the drug problem. You could, just any property crimes. I mean, any indicator you look at, uh, Baltimore's going to be among the worst in the country, if not the worst. And so there you go. There's nothing to disagree with. It is absolutely the case. And it is not compassionate or progressive or enlightened to ignore this. These are real human beings who are living amid this this filth and this crime. And they're, they're people, hundreds of thousands of people living with this. Um, and many of them, especially if they're kids and they're, they were born there, they can't leave, at least not yet. So pretending that it's not the case, that is, that's not the answer. And I say that as someone who, uh, you know, I, I, I still love the city to, to, in a certain way. Um, I consider it home as someone who grew up in the area. Uh, I love the history of it, the, the American history. I mean, the national anthem was written there. You got Fort McHenry. Um, and then just my own kind of history of visiting there over, over the years. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I love the football team. Uh, it has, it does have some cool spots. The aquarium, as I mentioned, Fort McHenry, we got a pretty good bar scene, some good food, um, seafood, uh, you know, crabs, of course. I think the crab crabs are a little overrated in general, but you know, as far as steam crabs, you can't do better than Baltimore. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's some some good things about the city. It's 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 not like it's it's a total loss, but there's just no doubt that the city in general, as a whole, is a disaster zone. Literally, I mean, it literally looks like a disaster zone. It looks like an asteroid just hit. It looks like something out of a zombie movie, for a lot of places in the city, and that's that's a fact. There's nothing racist about pointing that out. In fact, if anything is racist, as far as this conversation goes, I would think it'd be a lot more racist. To ignore the problem, especially if you're a privileged white person living somewhere else, uh, living in a nice area somewhere far away from from uh, the slums of Baltimore, for you to sit there and say, ah, it's fine. It's great. They love it there. They love it. That's racist. Or at least it's it is cruel and callous and uh, and shows a disregard for the suffering of of uh, people, many of them minorities. All right. Um, so that's Baltimore for you. Let's talk about a place that's even worse than Baltimore, and that would be Disney World. There's this Facebook post um, that's gone viral 
I feel like this exact post went viral a couple of years ago. I don't know. Maybe it's a rerun or anyway, this, this post was written by a, a mom on Facebook and then it was screenshotted and put on Twitter. And that's when it went viral with a lot of people very mad and angry at this mom for what she had to say. There's a lot of outrage, yada, yada, so on and so forth. Um, but this is a mom who's complaining that there are too many childless adults at Disney World clogging up the lines, getting in the way. So this has sparked a sparked a conversation, which is one of my least favorite phrases that I just used. It sparked a conversation about whether or not um, childless grown-ups should be going to uh, amusement parks like Disney World. Let me read this the, the original Facebook post from this mom, whoever it is. Um, she says, it pisses me off to no end multiple exclamation points, when I see childless couples without at Disney World. Wait, what? It pisses me off to no end. Sentence. When I see childless couples... Okay, uh, all right. It pisses me off to no end when I see childless couples without children at Disney World. Um, DW is a family amusement park, yet these immature millennials throw away their money on useless crap. They have no idea... The joy and happiness it is to mothers who buy their babies treats and toys, they will never experience the exhaustion that it is to chase a three-year-old around and getting stares at assuming I'm a bad mother. Uh, okay, I can't even read this. This this is unreadable. I can't. This is you know. Now I'm going to get off on a whole tangent that I didn't mean. This is not the point. I wanted to talk about Disney World, um, and I really wanted to defend this woman actually, but. She, I can't even, I, I can't defend her even if I want to, because I, I can't read what she's saying. This, now, if you're going to accuse other people of being immature and needing to grow up, you, you, you can't do that if you yourself are not able to write a coherent sentence. And there's no excuse for being unable to write a coherent sentence. But yet, this is 90% of, of the stuff you read online is like this. It's, you can't even hardly read it. And yet these people, all of them had formal schooling for 12 or 13 years. Most of them went on to college, okay? And yet they can't even write a sentence. I could write a sentence in, what, first grade? I could at least write a sentence. Bobby throws the ball. Yeah, I could write that or something in, in first grade. But all these adults on, on the internet, they, they, can't even, they can't even manage that. I really don't get it. How could you be... An adult in modern America, having gone to school, and I know the public schools aren't the greatest, but but how could you make it to the age of 25 or 30 or 35 and not be able to write a sentence? I really don't get it. And this, is, this, is not, I, this is really a question I'm asking you. Someone explain it to me. How do you not, you're going to post it on Facebook. Don't you stop and read it before you post it? You're posting this, this for, for potentially thousands or millions of people to read. Don't you stop and you don't, you don't see a problem here? Like, does it make sense to you? How do you make it to 30 and you don't even know where to put punctuation in a sentence? Anyway, that's not really the point. Um, I, it, wasn't, it wasn't supposed to be the point. I, putting that aside. Um, I, I, I basically agree from what I could tell of what this woman is trying to say. I basically agree that Disney world is a, is a place for kids. And uh, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be allowed to go. If you are a childless grown up. I can't for the life of me 
figure out why you would want to. I mean, I can't figure out why anybody would want to go to any amusement park as a grown-up, even with kids. Now, I understand why you would take your kids, because it's for them. You're doing it for them, but you're not going to enjoy yourself. It is not an enjoyable experience. I I was just having this argument with my wife recently. She was was trying to convince me to... um, uh, that we should bring the kids to, to Disney World. And I told her, I would rather die. I would rather be dead. I would, ra- I would, I would, I would, I would, I think I would more ex- enjoy the experience of dying than going to Disney World. That's how strongly I feel. I, why would I, you go down in the heat um, to stand in line and, and spend thousands of dollars? You know, you want to buy an ice cream cone, it's going to cost, it's going to cost 300 bucks. Everything's expensive. Everything is hot. Everything is crowded. There are lines everywhere. Wait, and this is your vacation? And this is how you want to spend it? I mean, if you, considering the money that it costs to go to Disney World and the time, if you have that kind of time and money, good for you, there are so many other ways you could spend it. And then if you're a grown-up without kids, you know, so you have the money, you have no kids, you got a week or two off work, you want to go somewhere with, somewhere with your grown-up friends, and Disney World is what you come up with? You could go anywhere, you know, as without kids. If you got money and no kids, you could go anywhere. You could go to New Zealand if you want to. You could go wherever you want to go, you could go. Uh, and you choose Disney World of all places. You say, oh, I got a week off. Let me, let me, I got, you know, I got seven days off. Let me spend four of those days consecutively standing in line. That's what I want to do. What? I, you know, I don't get it personally, but um, to each their own, I suppose. I do feel, though, that you go to Disney World, you've got, it's it's Disney. I mean, you've got someone dressed up as Snow White, someone else dressed up as Shrek or whatever. I guess Shrek isn't Disney. Who cares? Uh, you've got you've got Captain America. Um, you've got a bunch of rides and everything. This is for kids. Okay. This is all for kids. And so I actually agree in part with this woman that, you know, kids take priority. Don't, get out of the way and let the kids enjoy. It's not for you. You already did this. You you went. You you had your childhood thing at Disney World. Now get out of the way. Let 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 another generation of kids enjoy it. Let go of your childhood a little bit. Be an adult. Like, can you develop some interests and and some some uh, some hobbies that you know that you that you that aren't holdovers from when you were eight years old. That's what gets me about it is that when, when my generation, when we were kids, Disney world was a, just a family place. You went with families, you went with little kids. You didn't have a lot of grownups walking around, clogging up space in the line by themselves. It didn't really exist when we were kids, right? Really at any theme park. And now, so now my generation, we're going to deprive the next generation of kids from that experience because we can't let go of it. That annoys me a little bit. Um, so I, I guess if, if it were up to me, I wouldn't ban childless grownups from going to Disney World, but I would discriminate against them. That's that's what I would advocate. I would advocate, and that's all. I just advocate. I'm sure everyone would agree. Um, I'm sure this will be a popular view. I would simply advocate discrimination against childless grownups at theme parks. Uh, so you can come in, but you're gonna, it's going to cost you more. And um, which I suppose probably already does. Right. So that's good. And then and and also kids take priority. So if you're in line 
and you're about to get on the roller coaster and a kid walks up and he wants to get on, you have to step back because this is mainly for the kids. And if, if, if God forbid, for some reason as a grown-up, you're taking a picture with Snow White and a kid comes up, you got to get the hell out of the way because this is for kids, it's not for you. If there's no other kid around, I guess it doesn't not hurting anybody. It's a little bit weird for the person playing Snow White that they have to, you know, take a picture with a grown-up, but um, it's not hurting anybody else. So if there's that's my point. If there's no kids around, it's not hurting anybody. Fine, do what you want. But if there are kids there, get out of the way. You are you did this already. You had your chance. You're not a kid anymore. Let let a kid do it. And then, you know, after them you can go. That's that's my thought. Because it does annoy me. I know anytime I talk about this, people get very upset. They say, well, you care how people enjoy themselves. All right, um, fine. But I'll tell you why I care. Because I have kids now. And it seems like many of these things in our culture that should be geared to kids and should be for kids now are, are, are more geared to adults like my age because the people in my generation can't let go of their childhood. And have not developed any more mature interests than what we liked when we were eight or nine years old. So superhero movies are a perfect example. My son just turned six years old. I think, and and you've got superhero movies coming out six times a week. Well, that should be great for a a kid my son's age. Um, I should be able to take him to a superhero movie and and it should be great for him. Uh, And every once in a while, you you get a superhero. Well, the only superhero movies nowadays that are really geared towards children are if they're Legos. If it's a Lego superhero movie, then yeah, you can bring the kids to it. Um, but the problem is that these superhero stories, which are for kids, because it's these are stories about people in tights running around fighting bad guys. This is for kids, for little boys. But the primary audience now are people my age. So they make these Stories that are fundamentally childish and for kids, but then they put in, you know, they put in extra violence and some language and mature themes that make it inappropriate for kids my age. So this, it, it, it's a story that should be tailored to a six-year-old boy, but I can't bring my six-year-old son because the movie studios are catering towards people my age because the people my age haven't grown up. And that annoys me. You know, I, I tried to, in fact, uh, just the other day I put on, um, Whatever it was, Avengers, uh, whatever the Avengers Endgame or something, whatever it was, whatever the most recent Avengers thing is that's out now on on demand. And uh, I said, I, you know, I'll give it a try. I wanted to put it on and watch it with my son because, again, he's a little boy. This is for him. You got, you got Iron Man. You've got Thor. I mean, this is great for him. He loves it. And so I put it on. I had to turn it off after 20 minutes because it's just it's 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 too intense for him. Uh, it, it's just it's not appropriate. Right? It should be appropriate, though. So that's my issue, is when you've got these adults who won't let go of their childhood, and they're t- and the problem is, my generation, they're, rather than leaving the childhood things in their childhood and passing them on to the next generation, bequeathing them to the next generation, instead, we are dragging all of these childhood things into adulthood with us because we refuse to let them go. We say, no, no, no I need it. Don't take it from me. Uh, you know, you've got adults who are still watching like Rugrats reruns and stuff on Nickelodeon. I mean, are you kidding me? Just there's so much. There's a whole world out there of 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 uh, in, of you know things that you can enjoy as an adult. Um, 
maybe explore some of that and leave the kids stuff for kids. That's my, and last thing I'll say is the way it's supposed to work is you get to relive your childhood once you have children, because then you go and you do all these things again with your kids and you sort of experience it again, but, but from a different perspective, now you're experiencing it as the parent. And so that's the way the cycle is supposed, and then you experience it again as a grandparent. So it's a, it's a supposed to be a cycle like that, where it, so it's not even that you completely live your childhood behind, but you you live your childhood, and then you sort of relive it in a sense as an adult, though as a parent, because now you are p- passing it down, giving those experiences to your kids. That's the way it's supposed to work. That cycle, but instead, uh, with my generation, we're not having kids, so instead we are just staying, uh, uh, you know, entrenched in our own childhoods. And uh, I think that's uh, a kind of annoying. That's my only point. All right. Um, I think we'll leave it there. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks for listening. Godspeed. If you prefer facts over feelings, if you aren't offended by the brutal truth, if you can still laugh at the nuttiness filling our national news cycle, well, tune on in to The Ben Shapiro Show, where you'll get a whole lot of that and much more. We'll see you there.